Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hey, and welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me in the hot seat is my special guest, Gina Uricchio, and here is a bit about Gina. Gina Uricchio is a mother, visionary, and yogi. Creating connection is the cornerstone of her parenting and personal style. Meditation and yoga have been instrumental while raising a family alongside her husband, John, especially meeting the challenges of a special needs child. Gina installs stillness, resilience, and surrender every day as a warrior mom. She lives with her family in Connecticut and enjoys the many seasons of New England, especially summer, When not at home, you can find her at the beach savoring a cup of coffee or exploring a local farmer's market. So without further ado, please welcome Gina, where her and I will be unpacking intuitive motherhood, autism, as well as how she balances between art and yoga. Good morning. Good morning, Gina. Thank you so much for being here today. And I definitely want to connect with you on a personal level so my audience gets to know you a bit better. And I like to do that one or two ways. The first option is we could do an icebreaker or the second option, we could do a rapid fire 10 question game. What are you in the mood for? I'll take the rapid fire. Okie dokie, we're doing rapid fire with Gina and Genesis. Double G's, y'all. So question number one, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, I would like to be able to fly. And why? Just so I could get get anywhere at a moment's notice (laughs) and check in on especially my girl. Question number two, you just won the lottery. There is a kicker. You must donate to three charities of your choice before the funds are fully released. What charities are you donating to? I would donate to um, autism charities. Um, If you want specifics, I would do Autism Speaks for sure. Um, I would donate to Breast Cancer Awareness, um, the Breast Friends Fund in Connecticut, which helps women with uh, metastatic breast cancer. And I would donate to the Children's Hospital here in Connecticut as well, just for all children and their well-being. Amazing. Question three, dream car, dream home, or both? Say it again. Question three, dream dream car. Dream home or both? Oh, dream both. Dream home. Dream home. Question four coffee or tea or neither? Coffee all the way. Question five if you could recreate any significant moment in your life, what would it be? Mm, Recreate, um, probably, um, Oh, 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 okay. Um, recreating a significant moment. Um, Allie's graduation day from Ooh. her um, 
yeah from her um school from the school system entirely yeah six what's your happy place my friend steps seven if you could have a lunch or dinner with any person past or present who would it be my father oh that's my answer too eight if you could be a fly on the wall and listen in on any conversation past or present what conversation are you listening to I would love to be in a conversation um, or listen to a conversation with Temple Grandin okay I don't yeah do you know who she is no I don't yeah she's um uh, an autistic um woman who has been um just real successful in her advocacy throughout her life of her journey with autism and you know her recognizing how autistics work in in the world and using their gifts going forward in in different opportunities and not looking at as um definitely looking at it as, as abilities versus disability I think um, Claire Gaines play, played her in um, uh, the movie Temple Grandin. And I oh. think she won the Oscar for, uh, she definitely won something for it, the Golden Globe or the Oscar, yeah. Wow, that is amazing. And thank you for sharing that. I just had on the creator of Autism Rocks and Rolls not too long ago, and he shared his journey with autism as well as some of the elite people that he has had on his show that are open about autism that have huge platforms. So um, mm. feel free to check that out. His name is Sam Mitchell. Oh, I'd love to check that out. Yeah, so it was it was interesting because he shared his journey dealing with autism, um, going through the school system, and then now just what led him to starting his own podcast and et cetera. And I think that was just commendable, just hearing the stories. And he's and I was like, it's like autism is his superpower. Certainly is. It's just you know we know we just don't we on the outside just don't know how to um, you know appreciate those superpowers. It's a practice. <laughs> Absolutely. And question nine, what is your favorite quote or mantra that keeps Gina going? Mm, I have to say I have to quote my daughter, Allie, party hats on. <laughs> you should have had a party hat to cue that yeah, one. Like, yeah, and I can explain that further um, as we go into our conversation, but that's one of her... Um, um, favorite sayings and how I really started the um, creative work in pulling together our um, our our experience here together, mine and my daughter's, and with question. all her little cute sayings and things. And so, party hats on! It can mean a lot of things. <laughs> that is super cool. So yeah, I definitely want to dive into that. At yeah. One. So question 10, it's our pass or play question, Gina, and here are the rules. If you pass, our rules are reversed for this question, and you get to ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? I'll play. Okie dokie. What is one thing about Allie and yourself that make y'all both wild card factors? 
Mm, wild card factors. Um, we're magicians. Really? <laughs> well, I mean, that in the sense of magic where we could, we literally pull quarters out behind our ears. But I think Allie and I can take any any situation and just put magic into it and 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 exit the situation feeling um more effervescence and and sprinkling um as much positivity and optimism into even the most craziest experiences that is amazing gina and thank you so much for playing rapid fire so i hope that gives the audience a little glimpse into your personal journey because i always think that it's good to break the ice and get the audience re- get the audience relaxed and at ease at what's coming next so let's dive into the meat and potatoes which is intuitive motherhood your passion for autism and then one of the things that you practice is art and yoga, and that's a way to balance everything that's going on. So let's start with autism first, then we're, and then we're going to go into motherhood. Sure. So, or we could do them both together. So whenever you first found out that Allie was diagnosed with autism, what was your first reaction? My first reaction, I think, was when she was diagnosed intuitively, and we 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 begin the journey there um, in, in motherhood. I intuitively had connected to this autism, the word um, entering my environment um, when Allie was about nine months old, maybe six months old. So when I got her diagnosis, I was actually, it was an affirmative affirmation. It was an affirmative um, uh, of what I was intuitively um, journeying in my, in my heart. So I was okay. I was at ease. Mm, thank you mm. for for sharing that because nine, six to nine months is very young. So you never question like, are you sure my daughter is really autistic or what's the, what's the difference there? Because that seems like very young to really know if a kid is going to be mm-hmm. autistic. I am not a subject matter expertise expert there, but I'm just having questions just from mm-hmm. getting ready to walk sure. into motherhood and working with other kids other um, parents and kids who are autistic and some are on the low end of the spectrum, some are high functioning and et cetera. It was, um, I wouldn't say that I didn't question myself, but I also stayed very close to my intuitive. um, I was new at mothering. She is our first child. So um, behaviorally, we, we look to others in our family you know, when we go through first, like, did this happen to you when you did that? Did this happened to you when you went through this. And with Allie, I was present with her and she wasn't at six months, say, reaching certain milestones, nonverbal milestones and some verbal milestones. But mostly it was the nonverbal gestures that weren't happening for her. So I would 
sort of review it in my mind and then maybe reach out to my parents and say, you know, did, did I do this? Did, you know, did this happen? But then I would question, you know, the word, oh, just wait soon. She's going to be pushing around the grocery cart and then she's going to be um, picking up, you know, playing store and playing pretend and doing all these things. And so I have to say I waited quietly, but all the while intuitively was quietly discovering that and and learning more about autism, which back in two, um, 1997 was like the back of what to expect when you were expecting. There was like the index and I was like autism. And then I would shut the, shut the book and then I would open it back up and I'd say autism you know, page 297, like this much about autism, you know? And then I would look at it and it wasn't like we had the internet where we were, we were, you know, oh, autism. It was, you got to go to the library. You got to look up stuff. So um, it was, it was definitely an intuitive journey with myself and I kept it, I kept it quiet. Um, But, you know, I was very vocal about how I felt about how she wasn't reaching the milestones with her pediatricians and um, my husband and my family. And thank you for sharing for sharing that because sometimes whenever parents get the diagnosis that there is something going on with their child, they're first in denial. That's the first phase because they don't want to believe or come to terms that that happens. Because, you know, let's be honest, doctors are human beings and they do make mistakes and everything is not going to be perfect. And you want the best for your child. So how do you feel whenever they put your child on the spectrum? Because there's different parts of the spectrum. And do you feel like with the right help and support that that kid can move up the spectrum or move down and feel free to reframe that question, Gina, if it makes it easier for the audience. I think that, um, you know, there is the first frightening um, moment of the bigness of autism and how it comes into your house and just places itself, not just in a little quiet corner, but it it covers the whole environment and it trickles into not only your own nuclear unit, but also your extended family and changes everything. And the spectrum is very wide. And I would say that, you know, if you've met one child with autism, you've met one child with autism, just as you and I are very unique individuals. There's no one like you, there's no one like me. And the spectrum has many characteristics of where people might fall in their diagnosis of what they will and cannot and, and what they can become and what they will not do. Um, I think for families, it's, um, it's always in to remain positive because there's that hopelessness that is always underneath that there's, there is a grief there in grieving a child that you thought you were going to have versus the child that you have. 
And I would say the biggest thing for the families is not to attach yourself to whether they're mildly effective, moderately effective, or, um, you know, deeply affected by the autistic um, diagnosis. And really what they are going to do now is just enter their journey. And my my family's motto was sort of always like we will into we will inject magic in this experience we will find our way out of tunnels we will go through so many eyes of the needle <laughs> where we're like barely threading through sometimes like we're waiting for the plane to land because there is no wi-fi and the whole plane is upset you know but we call on that person inside of us and um, we re you really do become uh, a superhero. So you call on that person inside of you that, um, you know, the one that you have to bust through the blocks. Um, you have to collect yourselves in that like virtual telephone booth. And then you just emerge, emerge like a hundred times your size because you have to be that giant in the world as an advocate you know you have to just take up space for this person and when you look at it that way you can you know there's got to be a way that as parents and as caregivers we can we can enjoy our journey as well and that you know I'm committed to that I'm committed to that and I love as you're talking about it, you're lighting up, you're smiling, and you're talking about the joy that Ali brings and not just mm -hmm. a burden or a contingency with your lifestyle since it may not be conducive. I love the power that you're speaking on because everyone's journey is different whenever it comes to dealing with a um, child that is facing autism or dealing with it because your journey is not going to be like someone else's. But one thing that really keeps resonating with me is the fact that you were so intuitive and you listened to that still small voice. Mm -hmm. You followed your gut instinct and you said, okay, this is happening to us, but it's also happening for us. And it brought you and your family closer and the bond that you share with Allie, as well as the bond that John shares with her is going to be totally different. But for her to know that she is in a loving environment, that's also going to help her thrive. And now let's talk about art and yoga, because that is mm -hmm. what you do to balance everything that is going on. And I feel like sometimes whenever a parent is dealing with a child with special needs, they need to have a respite night, they need to have some time off, they need to have a way to practice self-care so they don't feel like the weight is on their shoulders because it's not easy. And I'm not going to say that I understand what you and John are going through because I don't, Gina, but I do know that there are parents out there who need to know that there is a loving community that supports the journey. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you can look for chunks of space or a special, um, versus a whole day where you have in front of you as you know calling it respite but because we're on a 24 7 clock here 
And, you know, you as a new mom will know about that 24 seven clock. And, you know, all parents are on a 24 seven clock. Look, my son just graduated college and now he's back home. And, you know, it's sort of like, okay, we're not showering at two in the morning um, and do and starting the laundry at, you know, midnight, you know, like there's certain things that go on, but you still have this, you're still sort of teaching them and the parent brain is still awake no matter how hard you try to shut it down you're like the laundry's on or I hear the shower but I find that the biggest thing that I can do for myself really is um you know every day is is every day becomes another blank slate and I have my my responsibilities I have my advocacy that I have to do for her every day. She has, she attaches herself um, with her coaches and her caregivers and whoever's taking her out in the world to, to shine, right? And give her best self. And when she goes, it's like this double-edged sword where she leaves and she's out there living her best life. It's my turn. Even if it's going to be, you know, she goes out and she's at the mall and she's going to do a mall walk and then she's going to come back in. If I've got an hour or 45 minutes or four hours, I'm going to, what am I going to do for my best, to live my best life? So I don't get, you know, there's a resentfulness that can come, you know, because I'm, I'm sending her out in the world to do all these beautiful things like art and yoga and walking the mall and stopping at the pretzel place and, you know, going to the fall, you know, the waterfalls and strawberry and blueberry picking and painting pottery and all these beautiful things that she's doing and, and trying to volunteer. And so how can I make, I'm making that possible for her so if I can make that possible for her I can make that possible for myself and there's no reason why I as a woman as you know as a mother as a sister as a daughter as a friend can't have that and I just I just again I'm committed to finding ways of of having that even if it's you know the 15 minute you know tea time, whatever, whatever feel, you know, whatever fuels you, it doesn't have to be tea. It doesn't have to be coffee. It doesn't have to be walking. It doesn't have to be, it can be painting. It can be sitting. It can be watching your favorite show. It can be gardening. I mean, you start to take inventory of what am I really doing with the time that I have? Absolutely. And that's a good point because sometimes whenever you become a mother and then you have other complexities that are going on, it's like you focus all your time and energy on your child and you forget about yourself. You forget about your other roles and responsibilities. Like you're a wife, you're a mother, you are Gina, most importantly, and you have other hats that you wear and you have to have a balance because when we don't have a balance, we burn ourselves out. And what good are we going to be to those who depend on us if we're in a period of burnout? So getting real with yourself and then also the people Mm -hmm. that are near you is so important as you begin to, you know, just walk out the journey of life because every day is not going to be the same. You're going to have days where you kind of feel like blah and et cetera. But the most important thing is to get back up each day and know that today I'm going to strive to be better than yesterday. And I love that you 
give Allie some time so Allie can be Allie and she could be her own person and then your son is his own person so I want to ask a question here because this is this pertains Mm. to intuitive mothering so Allie and your son they're two different children so did Allie's diagnosis ever play into your son feeling like he was neglected or he didn't have that much energy or or whatever the case may be because sometimes kids um, who have, who have a sibling that's on the spectrum, they feel like they are, you know, not seen and heard in a sense. Mm, I think that, um, you know, I bring in my faith right now, which is really, um, I think in the cornerstone of this whole journey that Johnny, my son, is so perfectly placed in this family as a brother to Allie. Um, And he just displayed that, that braveness and that readiness inside himself that he knew where he was going to, what he was going to be a part of and how he was going to grow in this household. And I have to say, I didn't have to really do too much for him. He, he characteristically um, just is genuinely um, perfectly placed in this, in in this family. And so, um, you know, obviously he was young and there were times where he was like, why, if she doesn't have to go, why do I don't have to go? Uh, or why don't, you know, why do I have to go? If she doesn't want to go. Um, and he was embarrassed um, and looked down upon as, as far as like in a, a public setting, you know, where if Allie was having some moments and why, um, why are we like this? What is happening, you know? we were lucky to always have some sort of person always emerge with kindness come around, whether it was for him or myself or for Allie. Um, and I think that is how he, he learned, you know, by sort of you observing, cause he's an observer. So he is a huge um, observer participant. So he would observe first and then participate. And so again, very young, he was using his intuitive gifts. So this family of mine is very intuitive and, um, you know, he, he actually kept himself safe by using his intuitive gifts. So before he would enter in, he would make sure it was safe for him. Um, he ended up writing this college essay on it, and he just recently wrote a blog on our website about being a brother and having a sister like Allie and what she has actually taught him about how he, you know, how she's taught him to really do whatever it is that he loves and not to worry about what other people think and you know, that doesn't mean that he doesn't have compassion and kindness about his actions, but, um, so we always installed, you know, a real, real life, um, situations for Johnny. Um, but I have to say he made it easy. 
That is amazing just to hear um, you talk about Johnny and talk about Allie because they're both they both sound like rock stars. And what's the age gap between Johnny and Allie? So they're 22 months. So I was once um, I was pregnant with Johnny when um, Allie was 15 months old. And that's when we started seeing a developmental pediatrician. So I just found out I was pregnant with Johnny. So it was sort of like I'm pregnant. And I'm getting, you know, going through this developmental thing. And by the time Johnny was born, we have a program here in Connecticut called Birth to Three. And I had gotten Birth to Three to start coming in right when he was born, you know, to give Allie speech therapy and OT and play therapy. And we were learning, you know, we started to learn about what it is to be on the spectrum. And how to you know employ ourselves and our family members if if they were interested in being a part of the journey because i mean that's the extended um support system as you as you move outward outside of myself and john and now johnny who's an adult i mean he's born into it you know he's born into being a sibling and then ultimately being a caregiver of sorts you know, so we're, but we're careful not to put all that on them right now, obviously. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And as we begin to wind down, our last question before the CTA is, is there anything else that we didn't cover that you think is important for the audience to know about your personal journey with autism, intuitive mothering, and balancing via art and yoga? Yeah, I think basically it's um, to keep showing up when you can't even, you know, you don't think you can go any further. Um, it's the true path of the open heart. That's what comes from my yoga practice. Um, just to be present and um, allow yourself to receive the huge amount of love that um, this person brings brings into your life. And I think the biggest lesson is to be the student when you're sure they're the teacher. Love it. I love that because I, I always believe if we're not learning, then we're not growing. And Gina, I want you to leave the audience with your call to action for this segment and then plug your website and social media handles. Yeah, um, I would say that um, it's really merging yoga our, our yoga practice, motherhood, and just real life experiences with creativity to truly, truly expose what it means to be in a house that houses autism and live and live vibrantly and install magic in your family life because you deserve it. All families deserve it. Beautiful. And now, sorry, y'all. What is your social media handles and your website? Mm -hmm. The website is um, www.motherasana.com. Instagram is at mother, as at mother underscore asana. And Facebook, we're at mother asana amazing and I want to thank you so much Gina for coming on and just sharing your journey with Allie Johnny and the work that you're doing on the forefront as well as behind the scenes and all of your contact information will be in the show notes 
Audience, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. We're on 40 plus platforms. You could also see all things of video on our YouTube channel, which is at Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. And lastly, but not least, I want to thank each one of you for supporting the guests that I bring on as well as myself. Because of you, we are now ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts for www.listennotes.com. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without your support and the guests that come onto the platform. So I really want to thank you all. And that leads me to the big ask, which is sponsorships. If you are interested in sponsoring this podcast, where our mission is to bring educational topics, motivational and inspirational, while weaving in diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, we would love your support. You can find out more information by heading on over to genesisamariskemp.net or sending me an email at genesisamariskemp at gmail.com for more information. Until next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-S, at gmail.com where your brand your swag your services could be here on gems podcast